Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me Jay and I'm with my girl Nina and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. We want to thank Oligo Professional, our wonderful sponsors, and if you haven't already, hit up your local distributors for the new Blacklight Dry Shampoo. Nina, let me tell you something right now. Tell me. I almost didn't show up today Mm-mm. because I'm so excited. I almost mm. went around a block. No. Running. No. With so much excitement. You but run. I'm here. <laughs> I mean, wait, I gallop. Okay. I was going to say, because yesterday when we were walking in Santa Monica and we had a run across the street, you're like, wait, we're running? It was, <laughs> I, th- guys, listen. it was across the street. Okay. But here's a fun fact, buddy. As I grew up throughout high school, all four years, I ran cross country. Mm. And my little nugget, self was actually really good about it. Like I was good at it. But now that I'm in my thirties, I'm going to need a little um, warning shot (laughs) that we're going to pick up our feet and go at a higher pace. Okay. Because I'm like, I was like, we're crossing the street and Nina's just all the way down the block. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) she's like, come on. (laughs) Let's go. If I can do it, you could do it too. I know. But I just need a warning shot so I can stretch. I know. I Well, I know what you were saying. I know it's because you're so excited because I'm so excited too. I yes. almost feel like I didn't sleep right because I was just really, really looking forward to our guest today. And that's why we're not even going to waste any time. We're going to get right on to it. And I'm going to just give you guys a little intro of our guest oh, today. Oh, I'm so, so excited. I know. I'm sweating a little bit. Are you? I am. I know. I'm just a little bit starting to sweat because I'm so excited. So our guest today is a salon owner. He is an educator. He is a culture builder. He is a motivational speaker and an author. And we just found out that he was in Forbes magazine, not once, but twice. We love him. We both admire him. And I said that I, and and Jay, I know you feel the same way. We really, really look up to him. So welcome our special guest today, Mr. Kelly Cardenas. I need that introduction when I get home. Cause Let's when go. I get, hey, when I get home, my wife is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Take out the trip. <laughs> Take out the trip. Right. Listen, Kelly, we are so happy that not only are you spending, you know, the next hour or so with us, but all of our listeners, I've looked up to you my whole career. I think that you are an amazing example of how to build credibility. And I cannot wait to get inside your brain. Oh. That's serious. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank I'm you. Playing, Nina, you think I'm playing around today? I know you're not. <laughs> I can tell by the look in your eyes. I see it. <laughs> so Kelly, we're going to just kind of dive in because I know that our listeners that are tuning in today, they, they know a lot about you and they, they, I'm sure they've watched you. And I think, you know, I have to say for myself what I, and I always, I like to be close to and usually fall uh, and admire people who are like-minded, right? And I love that you're really into your faith. I love that you're kind. I love that you love to build other people and that you like to inspire them and motivate them in ways that maybe they didn't even know how. Uh, And I know that your family is very important to you because I've done, you know, my research, of course. And you are really one of the people that I look up to. Listen, I read your book and I'm not a big reader and I read it in one day. So this is serious, okay? So when we talk about... uh, 
I want to talk about your journey a little bit because this is, these are some of the things that people may not know. These are things that I know Jay and I would love to know about you is how you got started in the industry, how long you've been in the industry, yeah. you know, where you, where you started in terms of like location. Uh, obviously we know you're in California now, but kind of just give us a little bit of a walkthrough of what that journey looked like. Well, first of all, I'm trying to put Lompoc on the map. Lompoc, California. Whoop, whoop, represent. Let's go. 35,000, baby. That's how we do it. Vandenberg Air Force Base, Vandenberg Middle School, Cabrillo High School. Let's uh, go. Los Padres Elementary School. So that's my big shout out there. Um, So that's that's where it all started. Um, You know, we didn't have enough money. My dad was one of those dads who would, if you said you wanted a Western bacon cheeseburger from uh, Carl's Jr., He'd be like, boy, I can make that at home. And we were like, no, you can't, dad. He would be like, no. And he would leave the restaurant and take us home and barbecue in the backyard and make some garbage burger that wasn't even close and be like, yo, see, it's just the same. Why am I trying to pay $2.99? I'm like, dad, pay the $2.99, brother, because this burger don't pay nothing like what, what was supposed to happen. So he was that type of dad. So we had a dog, we had a Cocker Spaniel, and... and my dad came home and he was at, like, Pops is so awesome now. Like, that's, he's famous in the, in the world now. But Pops, at the time, he came home and he was like, what? And he had this kind of dad voice, like, boy, why am I trying to pay the groomer to shave the dog? I can shave the dog myself. So he bought a, a pair of dog clippers and we tried oh to shave the dog. God. It's we always the worst. And we didn't know that you need to chain the dog up. And so oh. we just took the clippers to this dog and it ran away. And then, I mean... Uh, we put the clippers away. Two years later, my brother, I want a haircut and I'm, I'm a break dancer at the time. And, um, okay. and uh, I wanted like lines in my head or whatever. And my brother was like, I could do it. We got clippers. He did it. My oldest brother laughed while it was, wa- while it was happening. The older brother who was laughing while, it was, while he was watching became a doctor. The one who was cutting my hair became a lawyer. And the one getting the jacked up haircut became the hairdresser. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And how long ago, what, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, this is my 28th year. Wow. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 29 now. Um, so, I just drink good water. I, I, I use, I use bling. That's what I use. That's, that's, <laughs> yes. That helps out. It helps out the skin. Um, no, at 28 years in and I, you know, right after high school, my, my brother, um, he had set up everything for me to go to community college because in our family, no one had ever gone to a university and, um, you know, so it wasn't even an option. So I was going to go to community and he was going to set it up. And then my, um, uh, I was cutting hair in the kitchen because, you know, we had, we had started cutting hair with clippers, all that stuff. And then we, you know, back and forth. And, um, by the time I graduated from high school, I was cutting all my buddies hair, like fading it up. So that's how I started and I was doing it in my mom's kitchen all the time. But I, I believe she said this only because I didn't sweep up well. So I was cutting and she said, why don't you go to school for that? And I was like, uh, okay, well, I'll look into it. <clears throat> and I went and I remember sitting down with them and it was a lady named Miss Lindy and Miss Lindy at the Santa Maria Beauty College. Whoop, whoop, it was behind a 7-Eleven. And um, <laughs> she, she said to me, she's like, it'll be eight hours a day, five days a week for 10 months. And I was like, you're smoking crack. Right. There is no way that I'm going to another year of high school. So I'm driving home and out on my home. It's about a 20 minute drive. 
I was uh, like, God spoke to me and asked me like, okay, if you go to a community college for 10 months, what are you going to have? And I was like, I'm not even going to graduate from anything. And then he asked me, what are you going to have after 10 months of beauty school? And I said, a license. And he said, that's where I want you to go. And my parents always taught me once I make a decision, you got to go all in a hundred percent. And so literally from that point forward, I was working at a garage, changing oil in a, you know, in an automotive shop. And I literally started reading Elle magazine, Vogue magazine, and, but I put it inside of popular mechanics. So all the mechanics wouldn't know what I was reading. Oh my goodness. Look at you being all sneaky. I love it. Wow. So, okay. Bridge the gap for us from 28 years ago, starting school and now to, you know, kind of cliff notes version, I guess, because it's been 28 years, but how you got to doing hair from your mom's kitchen, going to school and now being, uh, making such an incredible impact in our industry and having multiple locations of salons and having teams and building teams and all of that. So kind of walk us through that. Well, I think I think uh, one of the one of the biggest things was just foundational. My parents always taught me a, a really uh, prominent thing, which was that you're perfectly wonderfully made, and that was wow. the the biggest part. I mean, they told me every single day when I woke up that I was awesome, that I was great, and that I was the best in the world at being me. And you know, so I never really had to compete to with anybody. So I never really had to compare or compete, and that was good in that age. It's it's imperative that you have that today's because we have social media, we have, you know, all these things like back in the day, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Jay is young, like he tried to act like he was 30. And it was hard Mm -hmm. to run, but you're still young, Jay, you know what I mean? You still still wet behind the ears, you know what I mean? (laughs) But but I'm saying like, you know, during that time, the only thing that we had, we didn't even have lifestyles of rich and famous at that time. So we couldn't compare our lives to anyone. So it was so good to have that foundation. And it wasn't about I was never focused on the end result. I was just focused on my feet. And I think that most people, they, they lift their eyes up from their feet and they get overwhelmed. And so all I did, my parents taught me, you're perfectly wonderfully made in the image yeah. of God. Anything contrary to that's a lie. From this point forward, only accept truth. And so it, it was that foundational truth that no matter what I did, it was me and there was nothing broken in me. Everything was okay. And as long as I continued to look at my feet and work my butt off, everything was going to be okay. And I think the biggest thing was the attitude aspect. Like, you know, they just told me, literally, there's two secrets in life. And they're not even secrets. Work hard and have a great attitude. That's it, right? And um, so, you know, getting into school, I just, you know, when, when there was contests or things like that, like I wasn't trying to be the best part of it. It's like there was a guy named Juan Dior, and he came and he did a haircutting class. And shout out to my mom. She passed away two years ago, but um, sorry, she, she, oh, it's okay. You didn't do it. If you did it, then I'd be mad at you. Um, <laughs> but she's in a lot better place than we are, right? She's hanging out with uh, Jesus, right? Yes. Hey, Bill, Jesus. Bill stuff. She's good. Yes. But um, she, uh, I wanted to go to this uh, haircutting class and it was 99 bucks. And my mom made $200 a week under the table. Um, and so $200 a week. So it was $800 a month and our rent payment was 700 and so she had $100 left over for everything else, bills, everything. I mean, this is, you know, utilities, food, everything like that. And here's my ungrateful butt goes to my mom and says, I want to go to this haircutting class. And it's 99 bucks. Well, my mom saved pennies, quarters, dimes, nickels, and saved up for six weeks and sent me to that class. And that class, wow. that class with Juan Dior, at the end, they said, we're going to put the names in a hat. And we're going to draw two names. And whoever we draw these two names, you get to go to the Long Beach Hair Show. And I got chosen. 
Wow. Amazing is that. So, I mean that, that part. And then, you know, that uh, introduced me to a, a woman who I was supposed to follow anyway, when I was in hair school, my administrator said, Hey, follow this woman. If you do anything in your career, follow this blonde woman. She shows me a picture. I'm from a military family. So I just listen to what people tell me to do. Yeah. And I go to the hair show, see the blonde woman happen to be with a guy who's super charismatic. I connect to him. I'm like, wow, he's the man. I start following him. The blonde headed lady ends up being Gene Bra, the really charismatic guy ends up being Robert Chromians. I follow his career for two and a half Hi. years. Right? Two and a half years. I chase him around the country, give him my card. After two and a half years, he says, I'm either gonna kill you or hire you because you <laughs> seem like you're crazy. Um, I get to work with Robert, start off as his assistant, uh, you know, go through the assistant program seven months, get on the floor, uh, work in the salon for maybe a year, become director of the salon. Six, they sent me to Vegas and literally like <clears throat> you know, that's when the brakes came off. I mean, we went to Vegas in 1999. People were slanging money like I've never seen in my life. And I started, you know, things started happening at a high rate, but it was always in those principles, work hard, have a great attitude. Wow. I am so blown away like by you. And I, w- one thing I want to ask is thank you so much for sharing that, you know, the journey of going through there. I love Robert Cromines. He, taught me how to take my heart, my mind and ha- and like learn how to project it out with words as an educator. So I think that he's such a phenomenal mentor in this industry. And fun fact, Robert, if you're listening, I hope you still love Cobra because him and Mary were arguing in front of me two years ago about who found my Cobra balayage technique. And I almost fainted. I was like, y'all are my mentors and you're now arguing anyways. But I want to go back to through that journey, right? Like when you're, when you're working it and you find those mentors and thank you for those two tips, because I feel like those are so crucial in navigating your life. And a lot of us can get lost. My generation gets lost all the time. I get lost. I have to pick myself back up. What was one of your like most awakening moments in your career to where you really knew, okay, I need to now, you know, graduate from being a rubber chromines and like start my own mission. Like what was that spark? What was your most awakening moment? <laughs> Getting fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Didn't know that. Let's go there. Go there. Let yes. us know. <laughs> Uh, and and I, I understand it now. Robert and I are, are great friends and we <laughs> joke about it all the time. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things. I think that, uh, you know, God told me early on, right? He told me in 1997 that he gave me 917, which uh, was that he would put Pharaoh in this place that when uh, Pharaoh spoke, then uh, the people would hear his voice, but they wouldn't hear the voice of the Pharaoh. They'd hear the voice of God. And he, he let me know that he was going to put me in a place that when I spoke, then people had to listen. When they listened, they'd hear his voice and not mine. And then he followed it wow. up with a, um, with a verse in, uh, about King Herod Agrippa, who this King Herod Agrippa, he was, he was a great man. And there he, uh, the people outside started yelling his name like, yeah, this is not the voice of a, a man. This is the voice of a God. And he didn't even respond. He just, it just sounded good to him in his heart. Wow. And, God, and God struck him dead immediately and had his body like eaten from the inside out with maggots. This is what it says in the word. Like, and I was like, wow. So he, catch this, Jay. He says, I'm going to put you in a place where when you speak, then everyone's going to listen and they're going to hear my voice. And I was like, yay. And then he was like, 
And if you ever get to a point where you think it's your voice, I'm going to kill you dead right there. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Wait, I don't what want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just, I think that God has a, a great person or, you know, great personality, great sense of humor. And, but he let me know like immediately um, in that to, to, to help me to, to understand that this is, this is where it was going to go. So I, I believe wholeheartedly uh, 14 years ago when I got released from the company, um, it was because my focus had got more on Robert than it was on God. And so God ain't having none of that. And he took me out of that. And he took me out of it, reset me and said, I want your focus on me. And I will do these things. And it was a transit. I mean, it was that, that transition. So 14, literally Jay though, I never wanted to own a salon. I never wanted to be an owner. All I wanted to be is the number. I wanted to be that guy yeah. for that guy. Mm. So my goal always, and this was my whole goal was I was going to seek out the best in the industry, which I found. And I still believe that to be true, which is Robert Cummings. And I sought him out and I said, I'm going to be the guy that's in the, the elevator with the guy. And when the elevator opens up and someone says, who's that guy standing next to him? They're going to be like, oh, that's the guy who takes care of the guy. Mm. That, that's wow. all I wanted. And, you know, and then when, uh, when things happened, I had a choice. Like, um, you know, I could go and do it in another salon or another company. But I felt that I had worked for the best. He had, I wanted to honor him. And that's why I wanted to cut away the fat from the things that I learned. And I wanted to amplify kids at a high level. And I wanted to honor every bit of education that Margaret Cromines, Robert Cromines, Stephanie Kachelski, Takashi Kitamura, Abe Barron, um, that they all gave me. And I wanted to honor it. And I wanted to push to another. Like, this is nuts. I have kids that have worked in my company that before they were 25 years old, did a $10,000 week, $10,000 week in service. Before wow. they were 25 years old. I have built more six-figure earners than almost anyone in the industry. And when I say this, like these are young kids that just come out of school. The quickest that I've taken someone from, from minimum wage to six figures is a year and a half. Her name is Sabrina, uh, and it's at Sabrina the Hair Witch. Check her out. Oh, this girl yeah, is follow a her. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she built, like, she built inside. I'm not saying that I did it. It was a system. Mm -hmm. And in that system, we were able to do it, but we did it because we honored what Robert had given us. And I believe that uh, what my dad told me was that life is a relay race. Yeah. You, he, he's going to run it as far as he can. He's going to pass the baton. I believe that Robert passed me the baton at that time and I needed to go and honor him in it. Yes. And, and so I want to honor him at the highest level in every single thing that I do. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And an incredible, journey for sure. And so I, this actually is a perfect segue because I wanted to talk a little bit about, and now I'm curious to know, uh, maybe some of the things that you, this is a two-part question, some of the things that you've done and what you're continuing to do to help encourage and inspire these young artists to yes. become six-figure stylists. That's part one. Mm -hmm. Part two is I want to talk about the accountability side because you and I kind of had this conversation on when I was on your podcast. I think accountability is incredibly important. So I want you to kind of talk a little bit about the accountability that stylists have to have if they want to reach and become six-figure stylists, whether it takes them a year or five years. I want to talk about your systems a little bit and then the accountability side that the stylist kind of yes. has to meet you halfway. So let's kind of dive into that. 
Well, I think first of all, um, you know, say like with me, like I, I, I coach stylists and um, I coach salon owners and, um, but for me, it's not even just about the industry. It's just about people. So I do dentist offices. Um, I do, I, I'm in the dental industry. I'm in the real estate industry, um, you know, in the servant leadership side. Um, and this is the thing that I say to every single person. If you want to be good, I'm not your guy. If you want to be great, I'm not your guy. If you want to be the best you possibly can be and experience your potential, you found your guy. Mm, wow. So I get that commitment before we start. Because like for me, the only people who get people hurt are half cocked. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you're going to go in 75%, I'm not your guy. If you're going to go in 100%, like my, my stuff is not for the faint hearted. Like I can take you, I, seriously, I have systems and we have a, 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 a digital course called the Hairdresser Blueprint. And literally, it's a blueprint to make six figures. It's a 60 module course. Um, it's phenomenal. But I'm not your guy if you're going to do this part time. I'm not your guy if you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this could work well on the weekends because it won't work. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to smudge my name. So I worked with a, a salon in, um, in uh, St. Louis. And before I started, again, I got the commitment. They wanted me to coach them on their efficiency. And so I, I'm the only efficiency coach, cultural efficiency coach in the industry. There's nobody in this space. Because for me, I don't focus on all the rest of the stuff. I just focus on cultural efficiency. And so when they asked me to do it, I said, the only way I'll do it is you have to go in 100%. And they said, okay. And I said, if I say to do something, you need to do it. And then I sent them the video, which is life changing. And I, I, hopefully, I, I, maybe I could send it to you guys, but yes, it's, us. it's a clip of the wolf from Pulp Fiction when Howie Keitel shows up and uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson just blew the guy's head off in the car and they're in trouble. And Quentin Tarantino is in the place and the wolf shows up and he starts telling everyone what to do. And then uh, John Travolta says, a, a, a please would be nice. And he says, excuse me? He says, a please would be nice. He's like, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to make sure that you get the results that you want. And if my services aren't appreciated, goodbye, sir. And so I let, the, I let them know that. And I want them know, to know, I want people to know the seriousness in the event that they're working with me. Now, doesn't mean that I'm some crazy, like, uh, you know, uh, drill sergeant, but I took this salon that said 100%, we said a good, we came after COVID. Their salon, the best uh, they had ever done is Hollywood Hair in, uh, outside of St. Louis. The best that they had ever done is 54000 With this plan, they jumped out to 76000 And they Ooh. cut their work hours cut their work hours by 30%. They cut their physical wow. labor by 50%. And they increased their profits by 50%. So 30% less work hours, 50% less work, physical work, and 20 to 70% increase in pay. No one's arguing with this. Right? Wow. So we did that. And so they cut the stylist from 10 hours down to six. And now the stylist had a better quality of life, was given better service in the salon, and the guests were over the moon. So that's, I think, the foundational part is you got to decide what level of commitment you're going to have. So if you're going to have a commitment of, you know, kind of in between, okay, cool, that's good. But you got to be okay with the okay result. Right. And so I think that that's, that's the first one. The, set, uh, the, the second one is I like to uh, understand why you're going to make that money. Right. So <clears throat> I sat with one of my guests the other day. He's in the um, uh, interior design space. 
And he said to me, he's like, I want to make a seven figure business. I was like, cool. Seven figure business. Pretty simple. It's really simple actually. Right. And he's like, well, what do you mean? It's simple. I said, dude, it's really, really simple. It's only $40,000 a day. $40,000 a day is a six figure business or a seven figure business. Right. So, or actually it's $4,000 a day. Sorry. Uh, $4,000 a day for five days a week, 50 weeks in a year. I mean, you're there. 50 weeks, $20,000 is a million dollars. It's a seven figure business. It's very, very simple. So now let's break it down. It's $500 an hour. How can you produce $500 an hour? I said, before we get into that part, let me ask you, what are you going to do with the seven figures when you get it? Because the guest is willing to invest as long as it's worth it to them that you're actually making it. So if you're going to be a bonehead, like if you're a bonehead and you're going to make $100,000, you're going to be a really amplified bonehead. So right. a person is not going to want to invest in you. So I think that they need to make that decision right off the bat uh, to be able to do it. And then I think the responsibility in, into it is, I mean, I think that we pay rent in this world, right? You know, like for being on the planet, for being around, for being in a community, I think there's rent to pay. And that rent to pay is giving back, making sure that yes. kids have what they need, uh, making sure that the industry has what it needs, things like that. So does that help? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it helps a ton. And it makes me think like, wow, I need to, <laughs> I got to step up my game. Let me write my plan. Same. <laughs> I'm so inspired. No, it's so true. And I think, so if you were to give some advice to newer stylists who were maybe coming out of school, maybe a year or two in, and they were in their first salon and, you know, they are maybe thinking that the salon is supposed to build them or the salon is supposed to do X, Y, Z for them. Um, you know, cause I, <clears throat> I come from the commission world and I really think that it truly is a partnership between the owner and the stylist making it work. It's the only way it works. I have to do my part as the owner and you have to do your part as a stylist. So what advice would you give to some of these new stylists that are coming out of school, maybe tips and tools and things that they could do to really work toward that goal of becoming a six figure stylist? Well, what I would do first of all is I would explore your upbringing. Okay. And I would stop right now. If you're a hairdresser, I would stop and I would explore your upbringing and I'd be honest with it because without exploration, you can't make a plan. And if you explore what, it, what has happened in your life, like with me, I was told every single day, every single day, every single day, Jay, my parents woke me up and told, told me that I was awesome, that I was amazing, that I could accomplish anything and that there was nothing that I couldn't accomplish that was in, uh, in line with my purpose and that I was willing to do the work for. So that's my foundation. Now, based off of that, I go into something, okay, cool, I understand that part of it. But there's so many kids out there that didn't grow up with that. Yeah. There's so many kids that I speak to now, literally, that will go into tears when I tell them you're beautiful, uh, you're perfectly, wonderfully made, and I ask them to repeat it to me. And while they're repeating it, they're going into tears because they never heard it in their life. Well, no matter what job you get, no matter what salon you get, if if you haven't heard that and you don't know that foundational truth, you need to stop right now and you need to fill that up because no salon will ever fix that. So that's what I would suggest right off the bat, okay, is to explore like where you came from and your foundation because you can cover, like you guys ever hear lipstick on a pig, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah? I, I think of it like this. You could gold plate dog doo-doo, but you still have dog doo-doo. Sure. <laughs> and I think that so many kids in our industry, they come from busted up homes, which is not bad. It's normal stuff, but they come from busted up homes. And then they're like, oh, wow, I found this place that really accepts me. This is awesome. 
but you still got a broken foundation, you better go back and fix that foundation or blast it out and get okay with it. Because even if all your friends are accepting you in this industry that we accept everybody, doesn't mean that those things aren't there and those things will show their head so when you're a salon owner and you're trying to you know partner with a a kid who his parents told him that he was a piece of garbage for his whole life then he found these friends who were like oh yeah color your hair we're different we can do all this stuff that kid is still in his head like authority tells me something and i buck it at all costs so now you're the salon owner and you're wondering why this kid is not partnering with you because he never partnered with his parents he never partnered with his family he never had the support of it so first, go back and explore. And then I'll give you five pieces of advice that I, uh, that, that I would say. Number one is don't quit. Like, honestly, yes. like I, I'm, I'm average, average at best, average, okay? But I also know a stat. You guys want to know the stat? Yeah. I'm ready. Write it down. 75% of kids who graduate from hair school within two and a half years quit the business. Yeah. 75%. Wow. So I'm a math guy. Now, this doesn't depress me. This gets me excited. Because if I make it two years and one day, two and a half years and one day, I'm only competing with 25% of the industry. Yes. True. So don't, do not quit. And the only, what I find is, is there's so many kids that literally, like, there's so much quit. There is so much, I'm not happy. Quit. Oh, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't the right place for me. Quit. Oh, that person talked to me wrong. Quit the coronavirus has happened and I, I'm just so down because it's been seven days or two months. Quit. What I'm saying is, is like, honestly, if three months can take you out, you got a long life ahead of you. Yeah. And so what I learned from very early on is, you know, and I learned, I was just talking with my buddy, Eric Strickland, and he's a, he used to play in the NBA and his dad used to take him to the base gym where we were, we, we grew up on base and he was 11 years old and his dad had him play against grown men, like 18 wow. to 25 to 30 years old. And he threw him in at 11 years old and he would get his butt kicked. But because he fought grown men, when a kid his age came up against him, he was like, there's nothing between this but air and opportunity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. So I would say number one is don't quit. Number two is be available. Like, again, I'm average at best, but I show up. Mm -hmm. And... My dad told me that it's not about your ability, but your availability to do whatever it takes. And literally, nice. like, show up when other people don't show up. The third one is follow number one. Yes. Too many people are following number two. Too many people are following number three. Too many people go in the back room and they're like, yo, girl, who doesn't make the most in the salon and is not the most successful uh, hairdresser because you're in the back room anyway, which is the broke room. What do you think? Why should you ask them what they think? They're in the back room. They're broke. So they're listening to two, three, four, I say listen to number one and follow number one, Dr. Edwards Deming. You guys are familiar with the Deming process. He's the uh, American guy who took Japan ahead of America because America wouldn't listen to him in the car industry. And then when Japan jumped ahead, then America came back to him and said, yo, Dr. Deming, what is that thing that you did to be able to take Japan ahead of us? And he was like, who are you? And he said, I'm the number two at, uh, I believe it was GM. And he said, get me number one and slam the door in his face. Because if I don't yeah. have number one, I can't do anything at all. And number one is not a person. Number one is your vision. And so follow number one. When I was working with a Robert Cromie salon, I would only follow number one. It was Robert's vision. And then it became my vision that I owned. But I would never listen to anyone outside of 
the person who was leading the charge and the visionary. So yeah. that's what I want us to understand because too many of us get off on that. And then uh, uh, number four is uh, be certifiably insane. Um, you need to be crazy to think that you can barely graduate <laughs> from high school. Seriously, like, Jay, you're, you're amazing. Like, your personality, who you are, Nina, what you're doing in the industry and for so many people. You have to be crazy to think that in an industry like ours that you, we could do what we do. You have to yes. be crazy. But crazy is fun. Crazy yes. is good. I'm in. My dad asked me this. You ever seen that half-pregnant woman? No. Nope. <laughs> No. They're either they're either pregnant or they're not. <laughs> right. You're you're either crazy or you're not. You you can't be half crazy. You can't be like my dad was crazy, and my mom's not. So therefore, I'm half crazy. No, <sighs> go all in, go all in. And the last the last one is just have a lot of confidence and a short memory. Lots and lots of confidence and a short memory. So you're gonna you're gonna screw up. So what? Try it again. You're gonna succeed. So what? Don't get ego. Let's run. Hello. Mm. Whew. Are you taking notes, Jay? Honey, I'm filling it up. You hear me? I do this yes. every time. I'm like, yes, this is such an awakening moment. And I'm just, these five tips, like whenever I'm, I'm like, don't quit. Yep. Okay. I have a quick question. I'm going to pivot really quick because this just hit me when you were talking. Yeah. Your team went to fashion week when you were on the salon, correct? Yes. Okay. So I worked with Adam Group's production as their manager. And I remember we were setting up, I was leading all like the interns and I'm in New York City. It's like my fourth season. And then all of a sudden the elevators of this all white boxed out rooftop area comes this squad all dressed in black. And I was like, these are hairstylists, but they are coming from an, a magical, I just knew their energy. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to be helping y'all out getting set up all of that. Who are you with? They're like Kelly Cardenas. Whew. It almost fell out. Wow. And it hit me. I didn't even leading up to this. I didn't remember until you just spoke, but I got to witness Eric, like all these people, like that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I follow y'all on social media, but I was le helping them. So I was like helping them be awesome. That was wow. my role at the production company. And I remember when they walked in, I was like, they have power. They have confidence. It was so magical seeing what you built and them walk in in their energy. And it's so phenomenal. And I know that they lived those five steps and they were kind and sweet and just on it. It was so awesome. And I'm like, where's Kelly at? Right there. <laughs> wow. That is so true. And I think, cause I think we should, I want to talk about leadership a little bit. Yes. Because I know. And it's Jay, that's basically what you're saying. The leader yes. had already built the foundation for the team. The, the team showed up and what they have been taught. Right. And so I love that you brought that up because I want to, I want us to dive into leadership and I, I want to say a couple things. So I'm, I'm, I find myself getting quite emotional talking to you. And I think Same. it's because of the, well, first of all, just because of your passion um, and, and the way you speak about God, that really hits me uh, because it's something that's very important to me and in my family as well. And also, I love the fact that you brought up a couple things about, you know, being broken, uh, you know, speaking to 
people in our industry that are broken than that come from broken homes. And you're speaking to me when you're saying that because I come from a very broken home, just like Jay, right? So um, when you talk about when you said about the foundation and letting them discover, allowing them to discover where they come from, that really hit me too, because I think it is so important for, you know how people always say, charge your worth, charge your worth. My point is, and I don't even say that anymore because it's not charge your worth. You have to know your value first. If I said to a hairstylist that is new and that comes from a broken home and has never been told you are beautiful and you are amazing and you're special, and I say, charge your worth, they're going to undercharge themselves every single time. And so it, it brought back memories for me and why I got emotional was because when I had my salon, it sounds like what you did with your team. I, I actually had them write their core story after they were with me for about 90 days. And it was their core childhood story. So I could get to know them more on a personal level. So I can understand who they were and where they came from. And then I can also see some of the fractures so we can kind of fill that in. And man, you're right. People are either on board with that or they're not. Like they looked at me like I either had 10 heads or they were like, yes, ready. And the people who are ready will rise up. I wasn't going to change my standards in the way I I grew my business because of them. They either rose to my standards or they just didn't work with me because it wasn't, I had to love you for you to work with me. Like I really had to love you as a person. And so I want to dive into this because for the leaders that are listening, for the salon owners that are listening, the investment that you put in your team is way more than any money that you will ever spend on marketing or advertising to get in new clients. And so Kelly, I want to know, number one, what your definition of leadership is, because it's different for everyone. And then I also want to know what piece of advice or what do you think maybe a characteristic of leadership that salon owners should really focus on? So your definition of leadership, and then maybe the one, uh, part of leadership or maybe the accountability side of it or integrity or whatever it is, a characteristic of leadership that you feel that salon owners really need to focus on. So I think the first one is the definition. I mean, cause this is again, like, you know, perspective is, is so, so huge because a lot of people look at leadership. So if you come from a broken home, you look at leadership as something that you go against right? So if you had a really strong, like crazy dad that was, you know, say Nina, you're a very beautiful woman. I'm sure that you're a beautiful young lady, uh, you know, uh, which you still are. But I mean, I'm saying growing up, you probably were, you know, if if I was your dad, I would be like, I'm locking your butt in. I've got a very (laughs) beautiful, I've got a very beautiful daughter. So (laughs) if you, if you had a dad that now, I joke about that with the shotgun with my daughter and stuff like that, but I'm also, what I want to do is I want to show her the example of what a man is, and then that way yes. she'll be attracted to it. Mm. But let's let's play the devil's advocate. You grew up with a dad who was really strong, strict, and just beat you down. Okay, now your, your thought process of leadership is that. Mm. So I think a lot, and then some of those people who came from that actually become leaders in a company. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, you know what, there was this domination. So I need to dominate and make sure that everyone is good. So I think that, again, first of all, we need to make sure where your perspective is. Like, what do you see? This is what I ask my staff all the time is, what do you see? But from my definition of leadership is, is being a servant, um, literally just serving. And 
So I, I learned from a guy named Art Barter, who you guys should have on the show. He's not a hairdresser, but literally he's changing the world with servant leadership. His name is Art Barter. Um, this, and what I'm doing is I'm putting my palms, the bottom of my palms together and my fingers pointing up towards the sky. It creates a triangle, right? So go ahead and do that for me. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this one. Touch your fingers and then go that way. This is tradition. I'm the CEO on top. Everybody serves me down below. This is the, this is what the future of leadership is. I'm the yes. CEO. I'm the CEO. I'm on the bottom. I get the opportunity to serve everybody. I had a girl in my company that when I, uh, I took and, um, uh, promoted her into a director's position. She came to me and said, I'm not down with this. And I don't need to do it anymore because I just feel like I'm having to take care of everybody. And I mm. said, I'm glad that you feel that way because that's what, Leadership is. Yeah. So and when you when you turn the, the triangle upside down, you'll find that everyone else, when you start to serve everybody in and the higher you go in your organization, it's the more opportunity for you to serve the people in the organization. Then you start looking at your organization different. And also those people start performing at a higher level. Because when I worked at KFC, I was not like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna do my job unless my manager's here. I was at KFC, I was like, Manager, you taught me what to do. Let me do my thing. I never once in a company said, oh, the owner's got to be here or it will never be the same. No, when the owner wasn't there, I wanted to perform at a high level because I wanted to give him, I wanted to honor him. But right. again, that, that comes from the foundation. So we've got to make sure on the foundation. And then as far as, um, as, far as advice for, for people in leadership, um, what I would say is, again, I would explore. I would explore who you are, like explore where you came from. Um, now, I'm not saying I came from a beaver cleaver family. I'm saying that the last piece of advice, Jay, in the five is write this down is just above all else love. Because what my mom did through my parents fighting or splitting up at times and things like yeah. that, she covered us with so much love that we thought what we were going through was normal. So we thought living in a one bedroom apartment with five people was normal. We thought that my mom sleeping on a couch, uh, like a hide a bed that she couldn't, had, didn't have the energy to pull out because she worked 16 hours a day. We thought that was normal because there was so much love. And I believe that love can cover everything. Although you still, whatever you're covering is going to come out at some point. So yes. that's what I would suggest in, in the leadership aspect is, um, you know, the best, the, the greatest, the greatest leaders among us will serve. And if you're willing to serve, then you can leave. But if not, then you're going to have a tough time. I, yes. And let me tell you something. I'm going to pivot just a little bit because I'm very curious the way that you navigate your daily life. But I do want to give, guys listening, are you like shook? I'm over here like <laughs> speechless and just taking it all in. And I do want to say, Nina, we've talked about this a lot, and I just have to get this off my chest. Um, when I was growing up, I ran because my home was so broken to church, to the word of God. And my experience when I was 16 was not the best with my church. And I think it wasn't now that I'm getting older and, and you're speaking about God's truth and word, it has opened up my point of view differently. And I didn't know I needed this more than you ever will know um, about the truth of what God's love is. 
So thank you for redefining that for me. Sorry. No, um, it's good. Because that was another broken part of my story. It was not only from my home, but then what I thought God was because of that pastor. So thank you for that. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hold on, hold on for one second. Okay. I mean, let's let's stay in this. Let's stay in this yeah. for a second. Let's dive into this because I think that this is what me and my friend had a conversation. I believe that more more Christian people or more people who believe in God turn more people away from God than anything else. Than anything else. The reason why is because a lot of times as human beings, we judge God on man's inconsistencies. Right. right. So a, a person says, Hey, I am this. And then they do this thing. And you're like, Oh wow. He's a right. representation. Well, the only right. time that we're a true representation of it is when we're doing it. It's like a, the, the professional beauty industry, right? You know, yep. if I say I'm a hairdresser, but I work in construction every day, am I a hairdresser? <laughs> right. No, right? No. But it's amazing yeah. because I, I think that, you know, I think the, the biggest message, and this is the thing that's really strong in my heart and is just for you, Jay, and this is just our own personal conversation of us just sitting here, is honestly, like, have you heard that you're perfectly wonderfully made? I'm, I have what? once I met my husband. Okay. So what I want you to do right now, I want you to yeah. look into the camera. I want you to look into the camera and I want you to say, I'm perfectly wonderfully made. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. And then I want you to say in the image of God. In the image of God. Anything contrary to that's a lie. Anything contrary to that is a lie. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. Now do it like uh, Kevin Hart says and say it with your chest. <laughs> No, no, good, 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 good. No, no. This is this is where I want you. This is okay. where I want you to come with me. I'm perfectly wonderfully made. I'm perfectly wonderfully made in the image of God. In the image of God. Anything contrary to that's a lie. Anything contrary to that is a lie. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. And when you whisper that every single day and you wake up to that every single day and then something happens, circumstance happens, the coronavirus happens, you get shut down. People tell you you can't do your business like they're telling us in California. It's just time to pivot. It's just time to pivot. It's just time to, you know, because <laughs> yeah. like, the world just keeps giving us lemons. Yeah. And all we have to do is add water and sugar and we get lemonade. Baby. Wow. But on, that, on that foundational truth, Jay, that you're perfectly wonderfully made every single day you need to hear that. You need to hear it over and over and over again. You know what my dad says to me every single time I talk to him on the phone, every single time. And the thing that I'm going to tell you, Jay, you're the greatest. And then you know, what he says? You. You, know what, you know what he says afterwards? So what? act accordingly. So act yes. accordingly. Right? Wow. wow. So That's amazing. Thank and you so much. And anyone out there listening right now, if you feel like you need that in your life, rewind and say it with me mm -hmm. and with Kelly and truly believe it and fully own it because I'm changed in this moment. And thank you so much. I, I knew something was bigger about this podcast with you and it was just so phenomenal. Wow. So incredible. I'm just, I need oh. tissue. 
I'm so moved right now. And it's just, it's so incredibly powerful what love and true love and giving and caring and compassion and kindness can really do for someone. I mean, truly. Yes. And especially in this time right now, because there are salon owners, stylists, people just struggling right now. And I listened to your live yesterday, Kelly, uh, or your class, not a class. It was a live or a video that you did yesterday. And um, it was about uh, stand up. And, and, and I was really moved by that. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit today. And obviously, we're not going to make anything political. But I wanted you to kind of talk about um, and maybe give some some advice and just let's wrap our arms around the community, the hair community, beauty industry right now that is really struggling, especially in California, but there are other states obviously that are kind of going through this and riding suit as well. Um, Your message was very powerful and I would love for you to give some advice to people who are struggling and it is the focus, right? You keep saying that it is the focus. It is looking internally. I feel like 2020 happened and all of this is happening because we need to do more internal work. We need to do more self-reflection. We need to do more self-assessment, not just as leaders, but as people. And so I would love for you to share a little bit of that. Of that. And then also let's just give them some love and some tips that they could really hold on yes. to as they're moving forward through this difficult time. Well, I think that the first one is, is, you know, if you change a word, you change the result. That's what I learned from Robert Cromians early on. And if you change from abiding by the rules, regulations, mm-hmm. to exceeding the rules, so from abiding to exceeding, that's what we need to do, right? Because although there have been, and when I said this yesterday, and I, 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 I went back and forth on even posting, I'm not a political dude. Mm-hmm. It was not a political statement at all. Right. And I'm not political in this part, but what I am saying is, is right now they're just seeing to, if they can get you to do whatever they want you to do. And mm-hmm. once that, once that seal is broken, you know, there ain't no coming back. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? And so I believe, and this is, this was one of the things like, you know, um, my, my parents both, and it was on a video is if you won't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I believe that we're at a point right now where we have to stand and we have to say like, Honestly, it is, I don't, I wouldn't say stupid because I'm not going to call someone stupid. I'm saying it's ignorant. It's ignorant to think that you would open, uh, have salons open outside. That's ignorant. Oh my goodness. Now, ignorance is just the lack of knowledge. Right. Ignorant, it's not saying that you're bad. It's just you're ignorant to the fact. And, and so what I would say to the salon owners is hold the line, hold the line. And this is what I do in my coaching too with, with salons. I told, because uh, we opened up and we do not blow dry. In any of our locations, mm-hmm. Chicago, Vegas, and in, Carl, uh, in Carlsbad, we do not blow dry. We took blow drying out because of the threat and because of the safety of number one, our stylists, mm-hmm. our guests, and then our community. And so that's what I would look at as salon owners is look at your team first, the safety of yes. your team first. Don't think that you're going to save the world. Save your stylist. Save right. your team first. Then go to the guests. Then go to the community. And the health and uh, health and safety of them is is imperative. But I think that it's like right now, honestly, like I don't think Ga- uh, Gavin Newsom is a bad dude. I right. just think he's ignorant. I think he's ignorant. He's in a uh, situation where he's being told by people who just don't know. And we do need to raise up. We do need to make sure that we make our voices heard, but do it in like 
I think as a hairdresser and as hairdressers, I think that we need to do it in the way that we ultimately want to be treated. Mm. So if we, if we act like buffoons, then they'll continue to treat us like right. buffoons. Right. right. And this was a thing that I had a real challenge with early on in my career is because everyone told me when I first got in 28 years ago, and you can imagine this, Jay, this was, you know, this was a long time ago. And I went to my first hair show and the hairdressers were like, oh, I can't believe people don't treat us like doctors, blah, blah, blah. And then I walked around the hair show. And this is going to get me in trouble with a lot of hairdressers. But none of the people at the hair show were acting like doctors. Right. They were showing up late. They were, you know, partying all night and going, and, hey, we're, we were being treated at that time the way that we were acting. We were not active in the community. Uh, when I was growing up, I did not see hairdressers who were upstanding people in the community that were giving back to, uh, all the time. So I think that we as an industry, first of all, we need to check ourselves. And then when we go about something like this and we rise up, we got to make sure that we do it in the most intelligent and effective way that we possibly can, because that's when we're going to be taken serious. Because right. let's, 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 let's do it like this. And this is going to be, again, a hot button. There's a lot of people that, I mean, how can you shut me There's people that, you know, are not reporting their income, but are saying to the government, you can't control me. Well, that you've already showed that they can't control you by not being honest with your income. Right. Does this yeah. make sense? So yes. if we're, if, if we're going to go there, if we're going to go there, then let's go there. But let's make sure that as salon owners, as uh, the professional beauty industry, let's represent ourselves in the greatest way possible. And let's start looking at like... I mean, say for instance, uh, this, Nina, I mean, for the last 14 years, we've wrapped every single brush and sanitized every single brush after every single use. If we were in a room of salon owners and I asked how many of you have been doing that for the last 10 years, mm -hmm. there's not many hands that would raise. Right. Nope. I believe that if we want to be treated like the medical community, then we've got to look at the nuances in the medical community. And I'm not saying that they're all perfect, but I'm saying that, I mean, Jay, like growing up, did you ever want to be a doctor or a lawyer? No. Okay, I did. The only reason why is because they lived in the big house and they drove the big car. Right. That's I wanted to be a singer. Okay. And, <laughs> right. And you, you still need to sing because I can hear your, I can hear your voice. <laughs> but, but that, that's what I, that's what I would suggest for us. And I, but I want to give the encouragement yeah. too. Hold, hold the line. Mm -hmm. Hold the line. You know. And when I like. Like I said, when I was coaching the uh, salon outside of uh, uh, St. Louis, we started and we were not blow drying. And they were like, oh, clients are asking about it. Should we start blow drying? I said, hold the line. Hold the line. Because wow. I believe, this is my belief, is that people are just looking for real things. Mm -hmm. And if you can scratch the surface and see something different from what they presented it as, then you know they're not telling the truth. And all they're doing right now in the government is trying to push against you and say, how far can I push you to where you won't believe what it is that you're mm. you believe in? Mm -hmm. mm. And I would say that, I mean, for me, and I'm not against anyone who's going outside, right. I'm saying that I don't believe that, that to be true. So you could literally, you could throw me in jail today. 
you could throw me in jail today for that. Right. I believe in it. But there's other things that, you know, that I'd be like, well, I ain't going to jail for that one. <laughs> you know? <what> I mean? <laughs> right, right. Listen up. Kelly, thank you so much. I think for me and a lot of our listeners out there, this is probably the most awakening podcast we've ever done. Mm. And I just am forever grateful for you and for trusting me and Nina to share your story. But listen up, guys, we're going to pivot. And we have an exciting fun new thing that Nina and I are going to be doing. So y'all better brace for impact. So Nina, are you ready? We are going to be doing a rapid fire question round. I'm going to have you lead it and asking the questions. And Kelly, here's the rules of engagement. You only have 30 seconds to answer the question. So you have to answer as quick as possible. And the first thing that comes to your mind, guys, I'm super pumped for this. Nina, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I wrote all my questions this morning. Kelly, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right. So we have, and this is going to be a video up on our, on our feed. So we (laughs) have the timer. So, I know. Wait, I want us to have a little bit of fun. Like we did so much deep fun. I, I want us to have a little fun. I want to, cause I know that Kelly loves music and all that stuff. So I have all my questions prepared. Okay. And you tell us when we are ready to go and I'm going to start right. with the first question. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Okay. What is your all time favorite hip hop song? Uh, Stakes is high by De La Soul. Ooh, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Black bear. Ooh, black bear. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Carlsbad, California, right where I live. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Two seconds. Carlsbad, California. No. No. Carlsbad, California. Right where oh I live. We'll do God. a minute. Go. Wait, I got another one. I got another one. Describe yourself only using one word. One word, Kelly. One word. Is he there? <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear it. What was the word? There. Can you hear me? Yep. What Gang- was the word? Gangster. Yes. yes. Okay, that's <laughs> final. Oh, my God. We made it through. That was our first one. Thank you so much for doing our first rapid round question. Isn't it like, though, like you have to be like so engaged and like, oh, yeah, like in it to the questions about like 30 seconds is too fast. I only got like four questions in. I think we need to do a minute. Yeah. Well, we just did 55. We did 55. Okay. And I'm like, one word, Kelly, are you writing a sentence? What's going on over there? No, we, we broke, we broke out. Broke up, I, I know. Yeah. yeah. So 10 seconds of that was the It's all good. But I, I love you. I love yes. your energy. I love yes. everything. Seriously. I am. I feel like a different person right now after chatting with you. Like I feel so elevated and, um, I think that we're just going to have to spend more time together. That's all I'm saying. Please. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Whenever, when, I mean, whenever we can. You, both of you guys are so incredible. I love to be able to see the synergy between the two of you, how you bounce off each other. And, you know, what you guys are doing for the industry and, 
You know, yeah. I, I want to make sure that people know that, you know, when I speak about, um, you know, uh, holding ourselves as an industry accountable, I want to make sure that it's not coming down on people, but it's just making sure, sure that, we, that we hold ourselves accountable and hold ourselves to a yes. higher standard, which I think that you guys are doing. And I love the platform of what you've been able to do with the podcast and with you guys' coaching. I think it's phenomenal. So my hat's off to you. Thank, thank you so much. So thank, much. You, thank you. Thank you so much. So make sure you follow Kelly Cardenas. Tell us where you are on Instagram and where else they could find you. So on Instagram, it's the real Kelly Cardenas. Um, on Facebook, it's Kelly Cardenas. On Facebook, uh, you know, again, you can do Kelly Cardenas Salon. On LinkedIn, it's Kelly Cardenas. And on the most important one, TikTok yes. is... At, at the real Kelly Cardenas 23. Uh, my daughter's 11 and she thinks I'm cringy, but you need to follow me on TikTok because I don't have TikTok game. But she keeps telling me, that's not a TikTok dad. And I'm like, TikTok, TikTok. You know, I'm just, I don't know what to do with it, but I'm excited. Oh my God. I love it. I'm going to follow you on TikTok. And why, don't you, why don't you tell them um, the name of your book? Because it is an amazing book. Like I said, I read it in one day, which is huge for me. Tell them about your book and where they can find it. It's on your website. The only way that I'll talk about it is Jay's got to read the book too. So oh, I'm um, on it. I'm on it. Jay, you better get. You better get it. You better yep, get I'm it. Jay, buy it. I know if get I said, it, Jay. If I, if I got Jay's, if I got Jay's endorsement, I'm in. Yep. Um, I'm it's the buying real, it it's today. A, uh, <laughs> the six indicators for business and life, and you can get it on KellyCardenas.com. And then, uh, like I was talking about earlier, the the hairdresser blueprint. I think it's the the most underrated. Um, course in the whole professional beauty industry. It's just one of those sleepers, um, but a 60 module course that's basically a virtual coach for you um, for 60 days. And we're continuing to add content to it as we go. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys go follow him on Instagram. Check out his book. Like I said, it is amazing. Uh, check out his course, everything that he is going on. And of course, make sure you follow our amazing sponsor on Instagram at OligoPro. Of course, my best guy, it's Mr. Jay Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. We want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.